Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted, with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Fine, thank you. Well, I'm grateful to have you here today to not only talk about your new book, but to talk about a very important topic, and that is customer service. It's something that we have talked about in our um podcast before, but not very often. I think it's something that gets well missed with a lot of businesses. And it doesn't matter if you're a product or a service or information type business, all of it revolves around your your customers being very happy and keeping them happy. And it isn't just getting them to sign on a dotted line. It's a lot longer. It's building a real relationship with real people. And and you found the key. You uh, Share a little bit about your background before we get into your book. Well, I started uh, straight out of school and I was very young for that for having that experience. Um, now I'm 32 years into it almost, or 31 years, I guess, wow. and have never stopped growing and never stopped expanding. It's just been a, a win-win situation, and I I've just can't uh, thank my my uh, people enough. And everyone is, seems to have just kept the ball rolling. <laughs> so, what what made you decide to go into dentistry in particular? I wanted to be a dentist since I was six years old. Uh, I remember when I was eight years old, but my mother says she remembers when I was six years old saying it. I never changed my mind. I never went uh, like wanted to be a fireman or policeman or anything from when I was eight years old, apparently younger, all the way through high school into college and everything. It was always to be a dentist. It was just a calling, I guess. That's interesting because my husband was the same way with flying. He used to, they said, his parents said when he was three, he used to go like this and pretend he was an aircraft. (laughs) It's funny that, you know, when, and you're blessed that you discovered so early what your, what your calling was. Some people will go into what's easier, what they're told, go into that college and go into this. It makes good money and they're miserable and not realizing that, you know, this is where I'm meant to be not, Oh, this is where I can make the most money. And I, I was uh, in college, and in college, you're, you're streamlining yourself towards being an accredited uh, member of the, the profession, and then you apply. And if what would happen if I had applied and I didn't get in? I mean, there are people who that happens to, but I didn't have a backup. I didn't have a, a, a what if scenario. So it was always, uh, you know, right up to the very up until I got my first letter of acceptance, it was a little bit tenuous. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of what, what else is there? Because I, I never had a doubt that I wanted to be a dentist. Wow. You know, it's, it's funny because, uh, you know what, but that's good. What do they call burn the bridges? So there's nowhere to go but forward. Yeah. And I think that's somehow right. why the most successful people go through that because when you have that, there is no other option but this, that that narrow yeah. focus is what actually leads you to success and to building right. your your purpose and your calling is uh, that that's that steady focus. Now share with us the you're the author of Ring the Bell for Service. I love that because when you go to a hotel, the old hotels, you ring the bell and hopefully they come out for service. Right. Not always. <laughs> but why did you choose that name and decide to write that book? It was uh, so I was going back and forth and round and round about the uh, the uh, the name for the book. I'll get to the the content in a second. Mm-hmm. And there was a story about ringing the bell for service, um, and it just struck me as too coincidental that I was writing about that very thing, and that should be the name of the book. Um, th- that w- that was uh, to say the least a, a, um, a, a moment for me when I had that that epiphany. Yeah. 
And I've actually had that um, moment where I've gone into certain hotels and you're like, ring, ring, hello, anyone there? <laughs> but it, it's so important to be present, not only just when that bell rings, but to for your customer to know that you're really there for them and, and maybe not even wait for them to say, I need this, but to be there to... Um, to you know, get them the, what they need when they you know before right. they even ask for it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it, in in my line of work too, it's it's very important as well because it, again, people don't ask for things that they need. They don't know what they need. They're just expecting it to just show up. So it's it's up to us to make sure it shows up. Yeah, you know what? You you ring for mine. One of my favorite dentists. Uh, oh my gosh, I found him in the Bronx. I lived in Brooklyn. It was a two and a half hour trek to go visit him. But he was just so phenomenal. I remember when I first came to him, I had broken a tooth right here, about half yeah. the tooth gone. And I was like, I'm not fixing it because they said it was cosmetic in my insurance. So I just let it sit there. And he would every time I came to visit, he was like, Please let me fix it. I want to fix it. And I was like, Nah, my insurance company says it's going to cost more. He's like. I'll put it down as a, you know, because actually it's the same bonding you do to fill right. your teeth. You said, I'll just say it's a bonding that you had a cavity or something. We'll just bond that puppy and, you know, your insurance will be, I was like, yay. <laughs> but he found a way <laughs> to get my needs met um, right. and, and get it done. And I, I wasn't even thinking it was an option. So well, that's true. Ah. <laughs> great customer. Sir. So share with me, what was your basis for writing the book and why did you feel it was necessary? I was I was going about my days and and everything, and I kept on coming upon it to where the stories would just come to me out of a out of a simple reaction of a patient or a customer or whatever it was. It wasn't even so much geared towards towards the dental office. It was just geared towards the customer service in general, and these stories kept on basically happening. Um, they'd happened to me or to someone I knew, mostly to me, and I just kept on looking at it and thinking, well, there's something to be shared there. There's some information to be shared in that thing. So I started collecting, and I took about five years of just collecting stories before I finally was able to hone it down to about 15 or 16 good stories, wow. and each story became a chapter. And then from those chapters, from those stories, we learn about something interesting and, and real. Uh-huh. What was one thing? Well, I don't want you to share all your stories because then we want them to go get the book. But right. uh, what, what's like the greatest lesson through all of your stories that you've gathered uh, that you gained as far as customer service? Well, I'll start right off here. Um, the, the question comes to why it's important to always make the customer feel important. And it has to do with um, the the customers when they, so so to back up. When you're in an airline and you're going somewhere, do you want to feel important? Sure. So you get maybe a first class passenger ticket and you're getting in line and they call one group at a time. Mm -hmm. So they call the first class passengers. Mm -hmm. Well, if you get in the regular line, that's not good enough for the airline. So they have a carpeted line. Little carpet, it's about a foot wide or two feet wide and four feet long in a special lane for you. So my wife and I were traveling one time and we were traveling. We were, we got there late for our connection. We had a first class ticket for whatever. It was a long trip. And so we were the last ones stepping up to the rope right before they closed off the, the uh, gate to the plane. So we just went up to wherever. And she looked at our tickets and she goes, Oh, you could have stepped in our first class passenger line. And the difference was literally like from here, jump over to here. And that was the difference in the first class line. There wasn't a separate door or anything else, but she's made it sound like, 
really, is this something that we're going to try to do to make our first class passengers feel this uh, a feeble attempt on her part to make it happen? It just didn't make any sense to me. Um, and from that, we got that that uh, we got a whole chapter out of out of that experience because mm-hmm. that was a feeble attempt at gaining our 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 trust, I guess you would yeah. say. Um, and well, from, you know, and from what's yeah. that? I was going to say, you know, what goes further though, uh, you know, I know they, they try to do stuff like, Oh, first class, or we're going to have this separate line here. You get to go first. But for me, some of my, my experiences, like I, I remember many years ago, I had this bad thing happen where my, my, my debit card got frozen. There was an incident. So, you know, sometimes the bank see though, there might be fraudulent activity. Right, right. So it just shuts down your card. And it, you know, when you go to book a ticket at the airlines, they will hold the money, but they won't take it off until you're there at the airport. Right. And so I went to check in and, and give them the, the thing so they could check me in. They said, I'm sorry, your credit card is designed. I'm like, what do you mean? And I, I called the bank. I wasn't getting through. And they're like, I'm sorry, you can't get on this flight. I'm like, you don't understand. And it was like, I had to get to court for something. There was something going on in New York. And I was like, this needs to happen. So you know what they did? They were phenomenal. Uh, it was American Airlines. They let me get on with a friend of mine and use their credit card. And then that friend got on the phone and gave them all the credit card information, their name, and they processed it. And for, for me, I've had some of the wonderful, most wonderful experiences with that airline because they kind of go beyond the normal kind of narrow track to make customers happy. Yeah. It's like that was an unusual situation. They could have just said, well, our rules are we don't do this. But they said, no, you have a need. We're going to find a way to fill it. Yeah. So it's it was crazy. phenomenal. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's good. Well, another another example on my part is um, from another chapter uh, is uh, why the customer is not always right. So we, we think the customer is always right, but you know, they're not, and you know, they're not, and I know they're not, but when can you tell that they're not? So one day in my dental practice, again, some of this does go back to the dental practice, but one day in my dental practice, um, we have a large facility mm-hmm. and a patient was in the waiting room. He was there for maybe a minute two minutes on the outside and the, the person got him and it was, was calling him. And she said, you know, you can come right this way. You step into the room here. He goes, no, just a minute. I need to see the doctor. And she goes, well, you're going to meet him on the other side of this wall. In just a second, we're going to step in the consult room. We have a, yeah. a consult room that we meet everyone in before that gets all invasive and starts to you know, feel like something's going on there. So we can just talk and chat like adults. But he says, no, I got to meet him out here. Okay, whatever. By then I was up in the front anyway. So I walked on out there and he says, Dr. Johnston, I need you to see something. I, I look at it. I said, yes. And he says, the TV in your reception room. I look at it I, and it's commercials at this point. It's mm-hmm. commercial. I said, yes, I see the TV. It's commercials. He says, well, I'm sorry. He goes, there was a program on that TV before the commercial. It was Fox News. And that's just unacceptable to me. I said. I get that it was Fox News and I apologize. I said, it could be CNN. It might be Fox. It could be just a show on on the cable. It's whatever somebody felt like was the appropriate thing. In fact, in four days out of five, it's some dental propaganda station that we, we've got going on out there. It's there, We're not preaching anything to you. We're not saying anything. It, it doesn't matter. If you come in the back, we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about your dental care. And then when you get to the way back, mm-hmm. there's going to be a TV in your room. You can turn that on and you can change the channel to whatever you like or turn it off. It doesn't matter to me at all. He said, no, not good enough. 
because you're going to need to change the channel on this thing right here. So it's not Fox News anymore. We're going to need to make that CNN. No. no. In, a, in an epiphany, <laughs> I, simply, I simply said to him, you know, I've got a better idea. He said, oh, what's that? I said, there's the door. See yourself out. And I, my staff was sitting there and they're like, oh my God, you just let a patient go. But I've done, I've let a patient go maybe six, seven times mm-hmm. in 30 years yeah. in my life. And when he left, I had two other patients that were sitting there in the reception room and they were like, golf clap, you know, like, good job, Tim. You let this guy go. Cause he was going to be Miserable. nothing but a pain in the rear end. From the get-go, I mean, from the beginning of our conversations, he was just anti-whatever it was. And you know, but that kind of attitude is a very closed attitude that you know, you everything around me needs to think like me and be like me. And I'm like, right. I'm sorry, that's just not how the world operates. And right. then you know, if something goes wrong and you're working on him, you'd be like, Well, of, of course you did it to me, doctor. And I'm like, No, yeah. So yeah, I could totally see why you you. you fired him. And, and you know, I, I heard that one from a business mentor of mine. He said, you don't need to work with everyone in your business. Some people feel, especially when you first start a business, right. I need to take every client. And that's not true. It could be detrimental to your, um, to your business. To your psyche, your own personal psyche is not going to be very, very well treated at that point. Yeah. And, so. and to your staff as well. Cause imagine if he's right. garaging you on something so stupid, imagine if there's something bigger that comes along, he'll just make all of you miserable. So that's yeah. a really good point. Cause I've heard people say since the very beginning, I worked in a print shop when I first left um, high school and it was like, the customer's always right. The customer's always right. And there were some really nasty. Just, yeah. Right. That's if I could say one thing, my book, the, the ring ball for service, that's really the key to it is that everybody is not right all the time. And it's recognizing when they're not right and and when they are, and, and I get that they are often, but when they're not right, it's the best thing that you can do to dismiss them from your practice or your, whatever your business is before it ever becomes a, a business relationship. Yeah. yeah. And you know, what's interesting is that also um, they don't have to, oh, not all customers are right, but there's a way to tell them, Hey, this isn't going to work out. This relationship's not going to work out all the best. See, yeah, there's the door. I mean, because you weren't mean about it. You're just like, yeah, I got no. a better idea. Yeah. yeah. You don't have, there's, there's no, there's a cordial way to end a relationship if it's not going to work out. Right. Yeah. It's like the word, it's like um, if you get a hold of the word policy sometimes. You know, I'm a real, real uh, stickler for the vocabulary in my office and, mm-hmm. and what people say and how they say it. And policy to me, that's a four letter word. Not literally, policy is you know, more than four letters. I get that, but it's a the, the thinking of it is that it's a four letter word. If I'm going to tell you what my policy is, because mm-hmm. my policies are always changing, we have ways of doing things. Mm-hmm. I get that. We'll share the ways that we do that with the people that we're going to do it with, mm-hmm. and if we're all in agreement, great. Come on back. I get that, yeah. but I don't. I don't like the word policy in reference to. To policies. It's silly. I know it, it sounds so silly, but policy is actually a four letter word in my office. It's one of those ones that is not used. Well, I, I like that, uh, Timothy, because the thing about it is that like uh, things are evolving and always changing. And to always say we're stuck like this is the only way we do things. Boom, the end. I don't care what client you are, what need you have. It's like this is the only way we do things. You're not going to go very far as a business owner. And, and now going back to the analogy of uh, being in the airport, I had been in a situation back in my 20s where 
I had gone up to get my ticket and you know how they just show it to you. And then I say, okay, great. And I was talking to her and I was smart enough to actually at that point print out my itinerary. So all she had to do, the flight number, everything's there. All she had to do is punch it in. Somehow she gave me another flight and I just walked away, got some coffee, chilling for an hour. And then I look and the number is different, the flight number and the time. And I go back to the, you know, the ticket agent and she's like, I'm sorry, our policy is once you leave the counter, we can't help you. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and I I had a little flip policy. attack, well, which I was word, Yeah, I know well, <laughs> that four letter word again. And I I about had a little little temper tantrum, uh, and the police had to come on over and calm me down. And I said I need to get on this airplane, and they just told me their policy is not to help me. Um, but you know, it got worked out because unfortunately the police had to get us to you know to be the mediator for it. But you know, yeah. how, how much have I used that that particular company since? No, neither. No, no, unless you have to. It goes towards another chapter in the book about um, conflict resolution. And it talks about a, a way you can absolutely diffuse any situation is first acknowledge that there is an issue. You, know, you didn't you didn't get any plane, whatever it is. Second, you want to show empathy. And third, you want to ask, not tell, ask for a solution. And it's just as simple as that in any conflict that you have. So, for example, you say, Mrs. Jones, I'm really sorry that this has happened. It could be anything. I'm sorry this happened. If I were you, mm-hmm. I would feel the same way. Mm-hmm. You showed some empathy in there. Yeah. And then you asked, Mrs. Jones, what is it that we can do for you to make this better? Yeah. And then yeah. shut up and yeah. listen. And yeah. then and listen then for a response. Yeah. Right. And usually the person's response is, well, that's enough right there. You just showed me that you cared enough to, to make it better. Yeah. Often it doesn't cost them anything, but it, that, that goes to the point right away of, you know, make, be ready to make your mark on, on that person. And now they may ask for the moon, which you cannot deliver. And that's when you have to say, you know what, I'm sorry, that's not going to, but instead of saying, I'm sorry, there's a certain phrase I have. You say, well, Mrs. Jones, what I can do for you is, mm-hmm. you know, she may have asked, can you bring the moon down here? Well, Mrs. Jones, what I'd like to do for you is X, Y, Z. So you never say, no, I can't. Mm-hmm. You just are getting there a different way. Yeah, like and, and people are, people are remar- remarkably taken by it. And it just, in the, in the, right in the beginning, when you say, Mrs. Jones, you're, I'm sorry that this happened. Mm-hmm. It should never have happened. Mm. And here's what we're going to do about it. Yeah. Ooh. First of all, what can we do? You just said something important. You took responsibility as a business owner. You said, I'm sorry this happened to you. So you're not saying, oh, this didn't happen. It didn't happen like this. You're all wrong customer. No, it's not how it went down. Then you make them wrong. Instead, you're just like, we're just going to take responsibility. Regardless if it's true or not, we're just going to say, sorry. We know how you feel. It just, yeah. Because people are stopping too often in businesses. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They just don't want another one. Yeah, yeah, totally. And it makes so much sense. I mean, we had uh, many years ago, and this wasn't our fault or the customer's fault. We had advertisement, a big advertiser came to do advertising with us, and the stream went down. And the moment their ad was supposed to go out, it it went down. It just, boom, it was gone. Server went down. And the minute I saw it happen, because I got emails from them going, what's wrong with the server? I'm like, oh, crap. So I called the company. I'm like, hey, we need this up and going. We have advertisers, whatever. They got it up within five minutes. But the oh. advertiser was like, well, we should get all our money back. And I'm like, well, that's not going to happen because guess what? It ran for the rest of the month. You know, five right. minutes of time doesn't equal you getting all your money back. Right. 
I, instead of saying, no, I won't do that. I said, I completely understand. Uh, you know, it should have been up exactly at the time we promised, but here's yeah. what I can do for you. Uh, right. Offer you another um, half a month, uh, half off for advertising and plus give you two free, whatever, whatever um, mentions or something. And they're like, yeah. Oh, wow. We didn't expect that. It's awesome. And so like, we didn't lose a client. They sent more people and then they were happy. They felt they were heard right. and, you know, it got it resolved. So Yeah. There's always a way to not make them wrong and also work together. Yeah. Right. Very good. It's, it's the key to the game is it's just making people happy every day. Yeah. And I love that for a policy is a four letter word. Throw that out. Don't use that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Where do people get a copy of your book? How do they get it and find out more about it? How do they do that? Um, they can get it everywhere on Amazon or anything else these days. Um, they can get a copy from my, I think they can get it from my uh, site, although I'm not even sure about that anymore. If they go to Amazon and, and type it in there, ring bell for service, they can find it that way. Yeah. And you're, I see you're on um, LinkedIn and uh, Facebook. If they want, if they're in your area and want to go to see you at the dentist, how can they do that? Just call the office. Great. Um, do, can, do you want to give them the number or? The um, it, sure. It's, it's uh, five, seven, uh, 757-564-0804. They can call there and get any of the information for any of the stuff that we've talked about. It's called Norge Dental Center, correct? Yes. Awesome. You're correct. Yes. And we need, yeah. I mean, I have a lot of times it's hard to find a really awesome dentist and I could tell the way you care about your customers that you're a phenomenal dentist. So if you're in the area, where are you located again? In Williamsburg, Virginia. Well, wow, close to where I grew up. I grew up in Springfield, Virginia, Fairfax. So, yeah, very good. Yeah. Come on so well, yeah. Anyone <laughs> anyone in the area, you need a good dentist, uh, go visit uh, Dr. Uh, Timothy K. Johnston today and get a copy of Ring the Bell for Service to offer the best phenomenal service for your customers so you can grow your business. And I just have to thank you again, Timothy. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate having, having me. Like, subscribe, and share this episode. To listen to more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com.